now boarding. Hello and welcome to the Terror and Travel Show, a podcast where we tell you a hometown horror story. And then outline how you can visit this region and experience parts of the story for yourself. I'm Blair Allison. And I'm... I was also going to say I'm Blair Allison because <laughs> I thought you were going to say something else. But I am Eric Monroe Schwann. Blair, you want to know something that I find crazy? Yeah, tell me. It's just thinking about other countries... And how they were around before the United States. That's, uh, yeah, that is weird. We're so inundated with our own history at every fucking turn that I sometimes forget that other countries were here for thousands of years before uh, the United States rolled up on the scene. Yeah, absolutely. Like, those people just kind of congealed out of the rocks and were always there, it seems. <laughs> yes, and the, the story we're going over today, the story of... Black Annis's Bowery Close <gasps> is not from that much older than when the United States was founded. This is we're 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 going back to just the early 1700s, but the history of this story reaches back to the 1400s. Wait, where does this take place? Leicester in England. Leicester, England, England, U- UK. Oh, wait a minute! I was gonna say, can we just establish right now? That we are not going to do terrible British accents during this episode. Oh, I was so going to do a terrible British accent. And it was going to be really bad. But I will refrain. I hate it. I hate it so much when people do that. It's one of my biggest peeves. Oh, I'm bad at all accents. I have no sense of humor. Better believe I still try them. (laughs) But yeah, I guess we'll just hop into it then. Accent free. You can have one as a treat somewhere. Oh, okay. I I know exactly where I'm going to use it to. (laughs) To set the scene, the sun is getting low in the sky and has nearly set on the county of Leicester. The seasons are just turning the corner from winter into spring, and it's a chilly day, but it's not cold. You're probably about 10 or 11 years old, and you're in a tizzy of excitement and have been the entire day, because your father had just traveled to the next village over on a bit of business and while he couldn't take you with him, he promised he'd bring you back a Prezi. Wait, is this in the 1400s? 1700s. Okay, I'm just trying to imagine what I'm wearing. Oh, for sure. What What are you wearing? Laid out Probably for me. a What's sack the because the the people, <laughs> the, the 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 poor people of England were uh, not well off. Didn't didn't have sure. much. Sure. Hell yeah. So you're just <laughs> you're just this fucking Dickensian. Not orphan, but certainly this malnourished Dickensian child in a sack. Look, me and my sack have a lot of work to do, okay? We've been up since before (laughs) dawn picking crops. Uh, But you've had a little bit of fun today, because there's another special thing surrounding today, because it's the day after Easter, which your village calls Black Monday. Mm. And you see, there's this legend, maybe more than a legend, regarding a thing which may or may not live nearby. If you were to wander a little bit away from the main path in the forest, you'd probably come upon a big, tall oak tree. And if you were to wander around that oak tree, you'd find a cave embedded in the hill behind it. Black Annis's Bowery Close. Now, It's not entirely uncommon for children and lambs and 
you know, older sheep too, to go missing from your neck of the woods. And you've known one or two children who have vanished without a trace. Yikes. These disappearances are generally attributed to Black Annis, a boogeyman-type figure said to consume the flesh of children. Now, they almost disappear without a trace because you never find the bodies, but you do find bones. Mm. And legend has it that she saves their skin, tanning it on the tree that sits in front of her cave. Nobody knows what she looks like, but there's a poem that seemingly everyone in the village knows. Tis said the soul of mortal man recoiled to view Black Annis's eye, so fierce and wild, vast talons foul with flesh there grew in place of hands, and features livid blue glared in her visage, whilst her obscene waist warm skins of human victims close embraced. Not without terror they the cave survey, where hung the monstrous trophies of her sway. Tis said that in the rock large rooms were found, scooped with her claws beneath the flinty ground. What are you feeling so far? That's gnarly. It's gnarly? Yeah, yeah. It's very gnarly. And this is also incredibly gnarly, what I'm about to lay out. So Annis is often associated with cats, and so, on Black Monday, a dead cat is scrounged up from somewhere, doused with aniseed, and dragged from Black Annis's bowery to the front of the mayor's house by a pack of hounds. Ooh! Now this is meant to celebrate the end of winter, obviously, but it's also kind of like a fuck you, stay away. Yeah, do the hounds organize this themselves? Yeah, they got together and they go and they they kill the cat and then they just like tie it to themselves. Uh, It's really a hound-led operation. It was all decided at the council meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They play poker every (laughs) every week after the council meeting. You and your friends went to watch because, you know, you had a little time off of working in the fields and run along with the hounds as they dragged the corpse of this cat, broken and bloody, Mm. across the forest floor just bumping over tree roots as it makes its way. You spend the rest of the day playing with the hounds and your friends, and now you've returned home to find your father hasn't returned yet. All you see when you enter is your cruel stepmother. Oh, I hate that bitch! Yeah, she fucking sucks, dudes. She sucks so much I didn't even give her a name. (laughs) With your new younger brother clutched to one side, she tends to a wood fire stove with her other hand. I'm almost out of firewood, so you can turn right around and go collect some kindling so that dinner will be ready by the time your father arrives. You look outside, and the sun is already under the horizon. Yeah, I say, bitch, get out of my face. (laughs) Just a few specks of light are peeking over, and you know that Black Annis comes out at night, so you say some variation of, bitch, get out of my face. (laughs) That That may also just be like, but I can't, Black Annis will get me. But there's definitely the intonation of, bitch, get out of my face. <laughs> Nothing but the best for my stepmom. Yeah, no, def- assuredly not. Without turning to look at you, your stepmother responds, didn't you and the whole village just spend the entire day ensuring that trifling bit of fairy tale won't bother us? Now you look at the still open door, and you see all of your friends being greeted by their parents and welcomed back into their homes, doors closing on all sides but it'll be dark. 
If I can cook with one hand and tend to your brother with the other, you can carry a lantern and gather wood. You stand there for a second. You really don't want to go. And can I just say, your infant brother, who we'll just say is me, <laughs> just looks just looks so smug. <laughs> it's just the smuggest fucking no, thing. No, you're a bitch ass smug that you don't have to go outside in the dark. <laughs> I I can barely even tend to myself <laughs> that I don't have to go out in the dark. Your stepmother half turns to you and says sharply, if you don't move off of that doorstep, you're going to regret it. Oh, bitch, okay. So you grab this lantern, and you light it from the stove and head off. Right before you leave, you take a look at a little table that's near the door, and you see one of your father's old hunting knives. And you look back at your stepmother. She's not looking at you, so... You take it. Mm-hmm, bet. And as you're wandering down the lane, out of the village, and into the forest, you look around at all your neighbors' houses, and you see hanging from the aperture of their very small windows are witches' herbs, used to keep black anise away. And your stepmother never thought it necessary to do the same to your house. As you pass the last of these houses, you think back to something you thought was a dream, but might have now, if you think about it, have been a memory Oh, of a hand, blue, old, and rotten, reaching through the window above your bed one night long, long ago, before I was born. Everything was both better and worse before I was born. <laughs> you remember it reaching around as if it was grasping for you. Kind of just going up and down your bed trying to find you, but you had just gotten up to go to the bathroom. And you never knew whether that moment was real or not, but you slept on the ground for the rest of that night. Yeah, I was clutching the chamber pot. I'm, I'm not getting oh, back in bed. That's the only warmth you have as a Dickensian <laughs> orphan. <laughs> The sweet warmth. <laughs> the chamber fire. Oh, jinkies. You pick up your pace as you enter the forest, quickly grabbing whatever bits of wood you see, trying to finish your task as quickly as possible. And you're listening hard for any movement or noise around you. Jump at every sound of a rabbit going by or leaves rustling from the wind. You cast your eyes around, looking for movement, but your lantern casts these shifting shadows all around you. You find lots of wood and bits of branches knocked loose on the path that the hunt took today. So reluctantly, you follow that and try, you try to just get as close as you can without being in sight of that massive oak tree. Mm -hmm. And you're listening and watching around you, and while trying to stay focused on your task, you don't fully notice it at first, but slowly, the volume of the noise around you decreases, bit by bit, as if the animals who inhabit this forest are trying to stay quiet. You suddenly realize that you are the only thing moving in the forest. Oh, so you stop. Dead silence. 
And then, out of that silence, the sound of teeth grinding. You turn around and attempt to hurry back to the village, and immediately a figure falls from the trees, landing in front of you. No! (laughs) You hardly have a chance to take in anything except for a flash of blue and long, greasy white hair before you are pushed and you fall over a protruding root from a tree, your firewood clattering to the ground. You hear a voice. You'll do nicely for my supper! Oh! And you feel a hand close around your hair and begin to drag you by your hair deeper towards what you can only assume is Black Annis's Bowery. She's gripping your hair so hard her nails, which feel more like claws, dig into your scalp. And you're scraping at her hand with yours, trying to get her to let go. And as she drags you, you try to twist around to get a better look at her. And all you can see is the bottom hem of the tunic she's wearing. You'd swear it looks like the face of a friend of yours. (gasps) A friend of yours who disappeared. The complexion is tanned, dried out, and stretched tight but you'd swear she was wearing a shirt made of him. Not Margaret! It's Margaret. <gasps> just, a, just a boy named Margaret. Not Bartholomew! You can be Margaret. <laughs> like that. And as she drags you under the oak tree in front of her cave, you see, as if they were on a washing line, pieces of clothing hanging from the tree. Clothing made of people you used to know. She drags you into her cave and deep, deep underground where all you can smell is wet earth and putrefying flesh. She pulls you through a tunnel to the main chamber of her cave and throws you against the opposite wall. And you're dazed, but from the light of a large fire in the center of the room, You get glimpses of your surroundings. The walls look like she carved the room out herself with her long, sharpened yellow claws. It's littered with bones of humans and animals and bits of furniture covered with even more flesh. I'd like to go home now, please. I would like to leave this simulation. Her face is also thrown into relief as she slowly stalks towards you. Black Annis has eyes like a cat, yellow rings with black pupils, with veiny blue rotten skin covering her. The slightish patch of stringy white hairs covers her head. She reaches out towards you with her claw readying herself to make the first incision that will part you with your skin. And as she does, you reach behind your back and grab the knife you have hidden away. (gasps) There's only one thought in your mind. You have a present to get home to. Pip, pip, motherfucker! Pip, pip, motherfucker. Get ready to meet the wrath of a Dickensian malnourished child what a story mark oh my god what do you think i thought that 
you were gonna kill me off again. <laughs> I thought. No, I thought I'd give you the chance to escape. What a wow! That was that was a wild ride. That was fun. Hey, I'm glad to hear Getting it. Dragged and... by the hair towards a giant oak tree into a cave. Oh yeah, this it's, bitch that's doesn't fuck not around. Not a good situation. Yeah. Uh. Uh-uh. And do you want to know some fun facts about kind of the true nuggets behind this story? Please tell me. Well, here are these non-false bits of information. (laughs) The cave mentioned in the story is actually the earliest evidence of the Black Annis legend. Like, concrete evidence. Okay. It's a real cave? It's a real cave. Or, it was a real cave. Uh, It was mentioned in an 18th century title deed, which referred to a piece of land as Black Annie's Bower Close, from around 1764. Now, unfortunately, the cave was filled up in the latter of the 19th century, and it's now a housing development. Mm. Classic. Classic late-stage capitalism. You know. But something that is also interesting is it's possible that the Black Annis legend grew from a real person. I quote-unquote possible, because there was a Dominican nun from the 15th century named Agnes Scott, and she was said to live a somewhat, like, hermetic life in the woods, in a cave near the Dane Hills, okay. where she cared for a leper colony. Wow. Doing her part for the lepers of the world. That, that's, that's admirable. I like Agnes. She passed away in 1455, but there's a church in Swiftland which is said to have a statue of her, and I believe there's also an arboretum named after her. However, the connection between the legend and Agnes Scott was drawn by poet and writer Robert Graves uh, in the 20th century. So a lot of time had elapsed, and this may be more like artistic license than anything Hmm, else. But it's a nice little bit of context about a real person who existed. The poem that I read is actually a poem by poet John Hayrick used in a late 19th century collection called County Folklore, and it is where most of the more recent characterizations of Black Annis are from. Okay. The windows in Leicester are apparently small, like really small, because of the Black Annis legend, uh, for fear that she would reach through and take their children. Oh, okay. That's where that comes from. Yeah, that imagery just of, of that blue hand, the hand reaching into a tiny window and feeling around on your bed... It sucks, right? Like I was, I was thinking I was on the bed too, not pissing over the pot, and like she was like just barely missing my face. It's it's a it's I was I was stoked to, to have written that image down, but then thinking about it, I was like, this is my worst nightmare. This is someone <laughs> reaching into a window. This is just the worst. Horrifying, but great storytelling. The specific twist of the stepmother sending—it's actually in this original telling of the story—two children into the woods was related to a folklorist and writer named Ruth Tongue by a World War II evacuee. And I was not expecting to find so much tea on Ruth Tongue. Give me the tea on Tongue. Apparently, (laughs) she's apparently a woman who is known somewhat ironically for the sources of her folklore and fairy tales and storytelling at large being somewhat dubious. Her Wikipedia page calls her a quote-unquote problematic figure. Oh, hell. (laughs) So we're accidentally hitting upon some real deep grudges within the folklore community. Like, dubious how, do you know? I think that it was just kind of like, 
maybe she heard these stories somewhere, but she's not relating them fully as they were told to her. She's taking artistic license or just making it up herself. Got you. Okay. I mean, don't most, like, historical fiction writers do that anyway? I mean, look at the other Boleyn girl. I th- uh, yeah, that's true. But I think that it was kind of like a... Like, I, I believe the... I haven't read this, but I believe the original Brothers Grimm collection is like them taking down stories word for word from the from the people that they heard them from. Hmm. Unsure about that, but I would agree with you, but, but there is kind of always a, a, a degree of uh, artistic license. I guess there's a line one, that... It's taken when retelling. Yeah. Yeah. But that is the key features of the story. Do you have any last thoughts or feelings about it? I am incredibly wary of oak trees now. I'll let you know. Gotta be wary of those Especially oak trees, Especially big ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those big, big boys. Only be wary of oak trees that have caves behind them. Yeah, definitely. Or or that you see, you know, the dried out husks of children hanging from. I would say that's a big that's a, sign that maybe... That's a pretty big indicator, I would say. Yeah. The clothes of missing children just strung along the branches. Oh, you know, it would be even worse than a cave. Uh-huh. An opening, like, underneath the tree. Like, um, like the Whomping Willow. Oh, I should have taken that artistic license. That's a much better idea. Oh. Ooh, that would be creepy. Ouchie, no. Ouchie, wowie. But it was a real place, so. That's so cool. So it, it, yeah. th- So this cave was around for a long, long time. The So the story begins in the 1700s, you said? The 1700s with this, this deed to this uh, piece of land is the first solid written reference oh, okay. to the story. And so then in later centuries, people began to kind of write stories about it and um, kind of create the legend? Exactly, Okay, yeah. cool. But I, I think the the information about Black Annis is kind of sparse. I would assume that there was some telling of the story prior to it being mentioned on this deed because the windows in this town were small. But the windows could have also been small for like other reasons, like keeping out cold air. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but anyways, yes, I would love to hear more about Lester. Are you talking about Richard III at all? Oh, you bet your bottom dollar I'm talking about Richard III. We got dick cubed up in the house, all right? Dick <laughs> cubed? <laughs> Yo, can we rewrite Shakespeare's Richard III and call it dick cubed? Abridged. Hit me with these travel tales. All right, man. I'm actually going to start off with Dick Cubed because so mm-hmm. much of Lester is attributed to him, especially since the year 2012 when his rem- his skeletal remains were finally found after 500 years. So where's he resting, you might ask? At Leicester Cathedral. That place oh, yeah, serves at part museum and it is an active church that due to COVID, of course, you can't go to right now, but there is mm-hmm. online worship and virtual tours that are offered on their website, which is really, really cool. So Richard III, I'm gonna stop calling him Dick Cubed because I'm gonna just laugh through the whole thing. <laughs> Richard III. King Richard III, the last of the Plantagenet line, was killed in battle during the Battle of Bosworth Field in 1485 during the War of the Roses. Yes, thus ending the Plantagenet monarchy and putting Henry VII, first of the Tudor line, on the throne. 
So the Richard III Society led this expedition to try to find his remains, and they figured that it was going to be at what was once a monastery. And so they were like, okay, we figured out the monastery is here. He was killed in battle and did not receive a funeral because he was killed by his enemies and just like tossed in the mm -hmm. ground. So they're like, okay, this parking lot is probably where burials would have been. The lots were labeled by letters. And Philippa Gregory, mm -hmm. she was like, We interrupt this podcast for a dumbass addendum. Hey guys, it's me from the future. So um, while I am beautiful and I am smart, I can't be both all the time. So from here on out in this episode, anytime you hear me say Philippa Gregory, Please know I mean Philippa Langley. Philippa Gregory is the author of The Other Bolin Girl. Really good book. And Philippa Langley is the star of this story. My girl, Philippa Langley, I'm so sorry. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this first ever dumbass addendum. I'm sure there will be many, many more to come. Enjoy. Hey, this one's got an R on it. Let's, let's start here. And do you want to know who they motherfucking found underneath the letter R? Who? It wasn't Santa Claus. It was Dick. Was it Richard it the Third? It was Richard the Third. Did it take you? <laughs> they fucking found him under the letter R. What an insane turn of fate. That's something you wish you had made up, but it, like, it's in, it's documented in the documentary about them finding him. That's so strange that it just sounds like poor storytelling. It sounds like an author trying to find a reason for them to find this body. And they're like, look under the letter R. Right. It's just... That's some Blue's Clues shit. It's, <laughs> it's such a weird coincidence. And so his his skeletal remains were the first found in the expedition. They're like, okay, here's some <gasps> here's some leg bones. Cool. Let's just do the little brushy thing with, with them and, and start digging in other places. And so after, I guess about a week and a half, they've been doing the little brushy thing on the, on the mm -hmm. bones. And one of the people doing that was like, um, guys, hey, we've got a curved spine here. And of course, Richard III was yeah. famous. Well, Shakespeare wrote him to ha to be a hunchback. And they're like, yeah. we got a fucking curved spine here. And they were like, are you kidding me? And so, burr, 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 burr. so they unearthed the skeleton and through months and months of research and getting DNA from it, he had, it's been a long, I watched this documentary back in the early days of quarantine, so it's oh, been nice a while. Okay. But okay, so Richard apparently had this weird, rare thing in his, what are you laughing at? I'm just thinking about Dick Cube still, what do you think <laughs> I'm laughing at? <laughs> Shit. Richard had this weird thing, I'm sorry. No, it's fine, he had this rare, rare genetic DNA thing that is only passed down through, through women. Oh, and through whoa. months and months of DNA research, they found a living descendant of Richard III. Didn't know he was, he didn't know he was a descendant. It was this Canadian guy actually living in London. And oh, whoa. so he gave his DNA to them and it was a match. And they were like, this is, this is our guy. Like we found him. It, it turns out he did have a significant case of scoliosis. Not of course, oh. not the hunchback that Shakespeare wrote about, of course, but it, it, and it probably would have only really been noticeable to those closest to him. The guy was in battle, like he was a warrior, so it wouldn't have yeah, yeah, yeah. crippled him or anything like that. So that's super cool. And after three years, they finally laid him to rest in Leicester Cathedral and they held a proper medieval king's funeral for him. And 
Whoa. Yeah, I'm in the process of watching that on YouTube, and it's so fascinating and cool. And guess who was at motherfucking Dick Cube's funeral? Who? Our man Benedict Cumberbatch. They got Benny C up in there? <laughs> Benny C and Dick Cubed in the house together, one night only. That's my favorite rap crew. <laughs> Benny C and Dick Cubed? Oh my god. Oh, wow. So, it was yeah, Was there anyone else there besides Benedict? No, he was the one Cumberbund? who stood out. I haven't got to the actual funeral part yet. I've just been, like, recapping the like the history of it and everything, but hopefully. He must have played Richard III, right? That's That has to be why he was there. That would make sense because- Oh I'm, yeah, he did, 2016. Okay, because I was like, that's, you know, like he's cool. Like he's really great, but like, wow, how would he have gotten that invite? That's so cool. And some people believe that the ghost of Richard III haunts Leicester Cathedral. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so there's a psychic named Christine Hamlet who took a photo after visiting the resting place. And I don't see what she sees in the picture, but she says that she could feel Richard's presence in the building and was like really, really shocked when she saw this apparent picture of his face. In what way shocked? Was she just like, oh, I've seen that before? Or like, I know, oh, I know him. Just in like a, oh, I did not expect to see Richard III in this picture I took. Oh, I see what you're saying, okay. I mean, I guess I can, in the up close version, I can I can see it, but from far away, I'm like, I, I don't see what you're seeing. No, <laughs> no. That's like, how, okay. How did you enhance the photo that much? I I don't I don't see it. It's not maybe maybe I'm a denier. I just have a hard time believing pretty much any like quote picture I see of a ghost because they all just end up being fake. Where the fuck is this close-up photo coming from? That's a that's completely what I different can't, photo. That's what I can't figure out. Yeah. Did you fucking enhance and like 3D shift the image to get this kind of silhouette? I'm not buying it. I, this is the first time on the show I think we've both been like, mm, uh, about anything, but <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh. Who knows? We'll just have to go there ourselves and check it out. Yo, we certainly will. And you know where else we can go? And, you know, maybe we'll run into Dick Cubed there. Maybe we won't, but we can <laughs> all. Pulling up to this cathedral going, yo, Dick Cubed! In the house! <laughs> <laughs> You can also go opposite Leicester Cathedral and visit King the King Richard III Visitor Center. Ooh. Yeah, which just kind of serves as a museum for, for our dude. And it goes all through his life, through his battles, through his keeping the king, through his death. They've actually built the Visitor Center and the structure around the parking lot where the bones were discovered and the dig sites have been preserved for all to see his original bur burial site. Oh, cool. Something really God, cool God, I want to go here. I know. Something really cool that they have is called Murder, Mystery, and Mayhem. So this is taken straight from the website. You can become a detective in a spellbinding mystery. Turn detective and travel back through time to uncover the plot lines, birthrights, and family connections that combined to create an intricate story of medieval murder, mystery, and mayhem. As you unravel the facts about the War of the Roses, you can find out how Richard rose to power 
and decide for yourself what really happened to the young princes in the tower. If uh, anyone doesn't know, so Richard, older brother, Edward, I think, was the king and then mm -hmm. he died. So that would mean his two young sons were the next in line for the throne and would then be groomed to be king. Well, those little boys disappeared mysteriously and mm -hmm. I didn't do my research, but I don't know if anyone ever found their remains. I don't believe they did, but there's lots of different intrigue and mysteries surrounding the, the story. Yeah, many believe they were murdered. Some theorized that Richard killed them himself so that he could take the throne. It's a, it's a wild ride. Mm -hmm. Our next location isn't actually in Leicester, but it's west in a town called Dudley. Now, you remember Ooh, our friends the Dudleys, yes. right? Bet I remember our friends the Dudleys. Dudleys from Dudley Town. Well, the English mm -hmm. Dudleys had a castle called mm -hmm. Dudley Castle. Tell me about the castle. The castle is very, very old. It was built in 1071. It's believed to be the most haunted castle in England. So in 1750, though, a fire that raged for three days destroyed a good portion of the castle and now it's just kind of a romantic ruin. But today, mm. the castle and its courtyard are the scene of living demonstrations and reenactment groups, along with highly popular ghost walks, which enter into the true spirit of the site, which is reputed to be haunted by the ghost of the Grey Lady. <gasps> the Grey Lady is thought to be the spirit of Dorothy Beaumont, who died in the cat. I don't know who she is, I didn't do my research on her, just the castle itself. She died in the castle along with her baby shortly after childbirth. And it's said that she requested to be buried next to her daughter and for her husband to attend the funeral. But neither of those things happened. So that's why it said oh. she wanders the ground. And there's a supposed picture of her that's been taken. But again, we now know how we both feel about famous ghost portraits. Poor Dorothy. Mm -hmm. Visitors often experience extreme drops in temperature, a menacing male spirit, and even some poltergeist activity have all been encountered at Dudley Castle. And people have reported hearing drumming from the castle, and they believe that it's from a little drummer boy that was killed by a single bullet during, I believe, the War of the Roses. I, w I would love to see the, the ruins of Dudley Castle in up close. Oh, that in, sounds so delightful. Yeah, up close and in person, because I think you can just go and like look around as long as you're not like climbing on it or anything. Oh, I would want to climb on it. Mm -hmm. You, I, I'd be so tempted. I know. Nothing like climbing a room. I know. Last place I got for you is back mm -hmm. in Leicester and it's called Belgrave Hall. Built in 1713. You can tour the house. It's an old historical house, of course. Tour the house in the gardens. They have special events, including children's activity days, open-air theater and music performances, craft sessions for adults, an annual food and garden festival, and thrilling ghost-watching events. Now, back Hell in yeah. December 1998, CCTV footage showed a six-foot-tall white figure hovering outside of a rear window of the property for about five seconds before disappearing over a nearby wall. So this figure is called the White Lady, and she is rumored to be Charlotte Ellis, who was one of seven daughters of John Ellis, who um, was one of the owners of the hall at some point. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not known why Charlotte was picked out of all seven sisters, but they believe that that's Charlotte. 
So Helen Gladwell, who is a current member of the staff, uh, says that all the mysterious activity could be attributed to large amounts of quartz within the building, which could trap paranormal energy. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. And apparently there's a separate ghost from the white lady, and they just call her the Victorian lady. Um, She's often seen in Victorian-style dress on the lower ground staircase, and she's um, looking out the window at the garden. So those are just a few places you can visit if you decide to go to Leicester, UK. Sounds thrilling, sounds like fun. I cannot wait to do the murder mystery mayhem. We're gonna have a ball with all of those We are gonna solve the mysteries and have a great time doing it and it's only gonna strengthen our friendship. Mm Mm-hmm. As of this recording, it is February, 2021. We are still in the throes of the COVID-19 pandemic. Travel is impossible right now, essentially. You shouldn't be traveling. So Mm -hmm. why not? Take some of the money you set aside and give it to a good cause, like Focus Charity, Inspiring Young People, Creating Change. Now, since 1998, Focus has worked tirelessly to support young people, their families, and communities. They develop innovative and engaging programs that help raise confidence, self-esteem, and empower young people to overcome life's obstacles and achieve their full potential. Now, they have an open-door policy. Anyone between the ages of 13 and 25 can walk in that door for counseling, for services, um, but they do mostly cater to people living to young people living in poverty. Now, some of their programs are include Inspire, which is a year-long personal development program for 13 to 16-year-olds that includes residential experiences, community projects, mentoring, and workshops, Breathing Space... Uh, which is for people aged 13 to 25 to develop strategies and confidence to overcome mental health issues through projects based on their own allotment and in other green spaces. Another one is START, which is a project that uses mentoring, environmental, and adventure activities to tackle the issues faced by highly isolated young people who are vulnerable to exploitation, which I think is incredibly important. And the last program is called Lestival, which is for ages 13 Aww. to 25. They volunteer and and manage this festival of Lester's incredible calendar of cultural festivals and events. I was trying so hard to find more about Lestival and I, I just couldn't, I think. But from my understanding, the kids at, or the young people at Focus, of course, with mentorship from the people there, organize this kind of music and cultural festival and wow sounds like a blast it just sounds like the whole mission of focus is to really empower these young people who might not have any guidance in their life teaching them leadership skills teaching them job skills like especially like this is like this really good stuff for your resume Oh, absolutely. If you have no experience with anything else. So uh, we're all about focus and you can learn more about focus and make a donation on their website, which is focus-charity.co.uk. Go check them out. And I think with that, that about wraps it up for us and Black Annis and Leicestershire. How do you feel? I am exhausted. Same. That was a lot, but that was a lot of fun. I didn't expect Dick Cube to be as important as, as he is to As me he now. became. Dick Cubed is Mountain Dew's baby. He is just the next big thing. Oh, love him. 
Much love to y'all, gang. We'll see you next week. Stay well. Stay safe. Stay warm, baby. And don't die. Bye. Goodbye.